every hour on the hour. You don't want to miss this. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. We took this trip to What do you want to do with your life? KCR, you don't want to miss this. Tune in to San Diego's best morning radio show, according to the 2018 Union Tribune Reader's Poll on a, a K- KCR. Hey, has, has, has anybody heard of KCR? Hello? Listen to Brett and Mackey in the morning, San Diego's best morning radio show, as voted on by you, the readers of the San Diego Union Tribune of the 2018 Readers Poll, every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Yeah, we got a, we got like six jokes. Uh, four of them are pretty funny, I guess. Um, uh, this, oh, this is Mackey, by the way. Okay, uh, I'll see you there. Okay, bye. San Diego State's best kept secret. This is KCR College Radio. Your home for all things Aztec. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio or something? KCR College Radio. Student-run radio since 1969. San Diego's best variety of music. Sports. This year they're going for it all. They're looking to repeat the magic that they had in 2015 when they actually took the whole thing. News. So that leads up to my next question. What would that mean for SDSU? And entertainment. You know, see, I go back and forth on Puffy Cheetos. Like, it feels like there should be more crunch behind them. On KCR. This is KCR. The Sound of State. Welcome back, everybody, to your hopefully favorite sports show on KCR Radio. I am Jason Freund. This is KCR College Radio. We are indeed the sound of state. Then you are listening to Picked Off right now. And, of course, I'm your host, Jason Freund. And I'm joined again by our returning friends right here. We got JC Garcia on the mic on mic, too. And Brandon Freed of, of the Daily Aztec and of his own KCR College Radio show on mic four. And now, boys, how are we doing tonight? Oh my god, dude. I see JC. JC's a little agitated right now based on the... We were talking about this before we were going on here. Yes, he is a little agitated on the events of week seven. A little. Very. (laughs) (laughs) Brandon, how about you? How are you doing today, my friend? I'm excited to be here, you know, ready to talk some sports, but, you know, some unfortunate events happened for me as well this weekend, but I'm sure we'll get into that when we start talking about it. Uh, we got plenty of stuff on the ledger today. We got some trades going down in the NFL this week. We've got some fantasy football we're going to be covering, and we got some. What we got a question on our game of the week? We're going to be talking about that from Week Seven. JC, I know you weren't here for it, so I'll give you a quick rundown on what we chose for that, and our game of the week of Week Eight. Which, to be honest, Week Eight is looking very weak so far in terms of just matches. It's not going to be a good week of football. Super next week. weak. Uh, maybe a super tank bowl week for some but uh, uh, well if you know who i'm talking about then you know why well i i have one game but 
man, it's week eight's not going to be a fun game, a fun week of football. It's not. No, it's we're it's it's kind of like the NFL's bye week. Say like, here you go, just take your games. Most of the teams are having their bye weeks anyway. I think only Dallas and Baltimore have a bye week next week, actually. Yeah. So we get we have, there's gonna be more bye weeks later on, but it's gonna be. Hopefully an interesting show. I'm going to have some fun here. JC and Brandon are obviously going to have a good time. But let's get right into it. Enough babbling right now. So, as always, we're going to start off with our three fantasy football stars of Week 7. So, first pick number one, I'm going to go with a very surprising performance here. And it's probably his best performance of the of the entire season right now. I know you're pulling. Don't pull those faces with me, boy. He, he hasn't been performing as well in this year. But now today he's been... Today's been... Yet, yesterday... Or on Sunday, it was a great performance for my man, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. 25 of 31 passing, 429 yards, and get this, five, count them on your hand, one, two, three, four, five touchdowns for my man, Aaron Rodgers. Discount double-checking his way to 43.8 fantasy points. And boys, I think we can now safely say that Aaron Rodgers has firmly placed himself into the conversation of NFC MVP. Uh, I'm not quite sure about that one yet, but this was a big performance for Aaron Rodgers. Like you said, 43.8 fantasy points, five passing touchdowns. I mean, this was the big breakout game for Aaron Rodgers, but coming into this game, he only had five touchdowns in his last four games. And then this touchdown, I mean, this game alone, he had six touchdowns. So this was a great performance by Aaron Rodgers, and now they've improved their record to 6-1 and one on the season. So yeah, I guess you could say that he has put himself in the MVP voting based on the fact that they're 6-1 right now and they're first in their conference. Honestly, it's like this every year with Aaron Rodgers. People are like, oh, this is a big break. It was like that last season. It was like it was kind of like that with like when he tore, what, his uh, shoulder blade or something like that? He got a major injury, I know that, but yeah. I can't really recall what it was at the moment. I would not be surprised if he doesn't get this. You think so? I think so 100%. All right, JC, you got a pretty bold Just claim up overhyped. there. Overhyped. <laughs> overhyped. Just like Khalil Mack when he played against the Raiders. Overhyped. Right. Ooh, all right, I see you. I see you. You know your Chargers are facing the Bears next week. Dude, this week, aren't they? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they tank anyway. I mean, I mean that's my team, honestly. I love the team and all that. But if you're not going to perform like a football team, then you might as well get traded or not even be on that team. Like, I've seen high schoolers do better than this team. Right. You know that as a fact. We're, we're going to be getting into your, uh, we're going to be getting into those traders in a few minutes. We're going to get into them soon. <laughs> save, save your rambling. Save your bullets for They're now. They're my Trader Joe's, I can tell you that. All right, save your ammunition for that, buddy. You're, we're, we're coming on to it. But Aaron Rodgers had a great fantasy week for himself, obviously. So next decision, fantasy star number two. I am going to go... With Darren Waller, tight end of the Oakland Raiders. Seven catches, 126 yards, and two touchdowns, 31.6 fantasy points if you're playing a PPR slash points per reception league. That is 105.2 points on the season. He has become probably a very underrated weapon for the Raiders and a name you don't exactly hear too often in the NFL game. JC. Now, here's the thing. Is that the most that the tight end's gotten this season? I do not believe so. Okay, I thought it was at first. I was like, it. that's a pretty high number. There should be a few other tight ends who have some more. I think Mark Andrews had a big game once for the Baltimore Ravens, but 
like you said, there has been other big games for tight ends this year. Mm-hmm. And he's been this guy, this guy Waller. He's been a huge part in why the Raiders have been doing as good as they are. I mean, they're still fighting on, fighting on that AFC West a three and three record. Yeah, yeah. The Raiders they've been a surprise for me this year. I did not expect them to be three and three to start the season, especially you know they got rid of Antonio Brown. Obviously, they had to kinda. But like you said, Darren Waller, he's having a big bounce back year. I mean, he just signed a contract, I believe, an extension with the Oakland Raiders. That sounds about right. His story's been pretty uh, interesting. But, you know, I'm excited for Darren Waller, and I'm excited he's doing really well right now in football, and I'm excited to see where he goes from here. Yeah, it's going to be interesting watching those Raiders, especially coming down the stretch. So it's going to be fun to see Oakland, and it's going to be fun to see Darren Waller and if you got him on your team that's a very good pickup especially if you couldn't get one of the top tier guys like like a Travis Kelsey or a George Kittle on your team which I have George Kittle but yeah. it's not been going so good for my fancy team so far I'm only two and five but we're gonna move <laughs> on to that we're not gonna talk about how pathetic I've been doing this year so we're gonna go on with our number three third and last fantasy football star of the week I'm gonna go with the name that I don't think anybody has heard so far yet this season but he's been doing very good on a team that's been underperforming. Marvin Jones Jr., wide receiver for the Detroit Lions. Now get this, guys. He's got 10 catches on this last last week. 93 yards, but four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Four receiving touchdowns on the week for Marvin Jones Jr. That's 43.3 PPR points right there. That is a huge week for anybody in fantasy football, especially for a wide receiver. And according to ESPN, he is the third player since 1950 to have as many as four receiving touchdowns in multiple games, the only other two players to have that are Jerry Rice and Shannon Sharp. Both really good receivers. That is very good company to be in right now. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of this? I thought Marvin Jones Jr., I mean, this was the big breakout game he's had this year. I mean, coming into this week, pe- people probably didn't even play him this week just because he's not. he hasn't been one of those big-name guys to put on your roster but you know after this week you definitely have to Mm -hmm. i mean 43.3 fantasy points four touchdowns 93 yards 10 receptions that probably led the team that day i mean he's been playing great all year you know behind kenny galladay he is that number two guy for that detroit lions team and you know he's really stepping up big time for this team right now yeah honestly it like since they don't have megatron anymore they're going to have to throw to like different receivers and like you said, with like Galladay being their top receiver, if he's double coverage, he's going to be wide open mm-hmm. for a single coverage. So. And plus, Matt Stafford, he's always been known as that guy who's always padded his stats in the fourth quarter. He's all, he, they literally People call him Pad Stafford. <laughs> That's like his nickname, right? <laughs> speaking, speaking of that, off topic, but do you remember the video I sent you about Stafford being stats? I do remember that, yes. That was a hilarious video. That was a very hilarious video. Off topic, no context. People aren't going to understand that reference, but... <laughs> Kind of a little inside joke. So we, we know what's going on right now. Brandon, I don't, I don't think you're very much in the loop right now as he shakes his head. All right, so that is our three fantasy football stars of Week 7. Keep in tune for our next three next batch of three fantasy football stars. We're going to move on to our next topic, which was we're going to be covering our game of the week of Week 7. Now, Brandon, you remember this when we were on last week with Kyle. JC, you don't exactly remember this because you weren't here. Yeah. So... We chose the Houston Texans versus the Indianapolis Colts. The reason we chose that one was because not only was it a matchup between two very up-and-coming quarterbacks in Jacoby Brissett and Deshaun Watson, but it was also a matchup of who's going to get first place in the AFC South because at that point the Texans were just a little bit ahead of them, but then the Colts were trying to come back. And now we've got the result of this game, which turns out to be a victory for the Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis 30, Houston Texans 23, Houston is now 4-3, 
and the Colts now 4-2. and two. If you're asking why the Colts are 4-2, and two, that's because they were on a bye week earlier and they were just coming off that. So pretty good for Indianapolis to prove themselves that they can take on Houston and beat them. Yeah. I mean, not besides the QBs, you got to look at the defense too. Their defense has been stepping up lately too. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Just because, you know, they might not have a good receiving team doesn't mean they got a good defensive team. As long as you can get the receivers, there's no way that you're going to get a pass completion. I mean, just look at um, last night with the Jets and the Patriots. Oh, man. We, the only reason <laughs> people watched that game, I think, was just so they can see the Star Wars trailer that came oh, out. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, thank you very much to the Jets for your uh, sacrifice to get us those, uh, that trailer. But... I mean, I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt because I was just hyped for the trailer. <laughs> Brandon, your thoughts. Oh, in this game, the Texans against Colts, I mean, this was a big win for the Colts. I said coming into this week that I thought whoever would win this matchup would win their division. I mean, it might be a little early, but I still got the Colts taking this division now. I mean, Jacoby Brissett, I'm really believing in this guy. Four passing touchdowns, big game for himself. And like you mentioned, JC, uh, the the Colts defense played amazing this game. They forced Deshaun Watson to have to throw two interceptions this game, which does not normally happen to Deshaun Watson, one of the best offensive quarterbacks in the game right now. But the Colts' defense is for real. And then they got an underrated wide receiver in T.Y. Hilton. I think he's a great wide receiver for Jacoby Brissett. And they've really established that chemistry since, you know, Andrew Luck retired. But the Colts is moving in the right direction. And they're a very dangerous team. Yeah, this I think either either of these teams can make a very positive impact on the playoffs. Because mm-hmm. no matter what, I think both these teams are going to make the playoffs One's going to be a divisional winner. One's going to be a wild card spot. JC. Well, here's the thing: if they play again in the wild card, I like to see how that ends. That would be a very good squad, very good matchup, and I do they I do believe they have one more matchup in the regular season. So that, especially if it's coming towards the end of the season, that will have severe playoff implications. I mean, we're already halfway through the season. We are technically halfway through the season. I do. Yeah, you are right. We're halfway through the season, so it's going to be fun coming down the stretch seeing these two teams going at it. Yeah, because I know my team's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so game of the week, week eight. Look, I looking at the schedule. There's no, there's almost no good games here. I, the, an easy pick would have been Green Bay versus Kansas City, but now with Patrick Mahomes getting injured, and with Matt Moore replacing him, it's not exactly as exciting of a matchup if it was Mahomes versus Rodgers. That would have been a fun and entertaining matchup. But now oh, we got yeah. Matt Moore going up against him. I mean, I'm surprised Matt Moore's still in the league. I mean, do you guys? Do you know I, I, I don't even know Matt Moore even existed. Do no offense know, to Kansas City fans, but like, dude, it's. Do you guys know Matt boy. Schaub is still in the league? He no? is. Yeah, Matt Schaub is still in the league. Oh my god, that's like saying Mark Sanchez is still playing. Yeah, he, if you don't, <laughs> do you, if you don't remember Mark, Mar, yeah, I'm not, I'm, you got me. You got Mark Sanchez in my brain right now. <laughs> think of the butt fumble. No, no, I can't think of that. But Matt Schaub, <laughs> he was a longtime backup for the Falcons. And he was behind Michael Vick, and they traded Matt Schaub because they thought, well, he's just kind of rotting on the bench. We can get some decent picks for him. And then Michael Vick came out with the dogfighting allegations, and he got jail time for that. So the Falcons got screwed on that. Mm-hmm. But Matt Schaub has been in the league for so long. I thought the guy retired like years ago. What so, team is he on right now? He's on the cheat. He's on Matt Schaub. Oh my gosh, I think, I think he's on the Falcons. Dude, that's like saying like, how come Adam Vinatieri didn't retire? The dude's been in the league since like what, 1999 or something like well, that. Well, kickers can last forever. Yeah, but most kickers can only last like maybe 15 seasons. This dude's been going around for like 20 plus seasons. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, I'm surprised that Matt Schaub's still in the league, but Matt Moore versus 
versus Aaron Rodgers, not a very exciting matchup. And then everything else I was looking at is either just going to be nothing but someone fighting for the number one pick or a lower pick or a team that's just going to be absolutely blown out of the water. I mean, I, at one point, I was honestly going to go with the Seahawks versus the Falcons just so I can see how much, <laughs> just, just to see how good that, how yeah. good the Seahawks could light up that defense. But I did finally find one that I liked. One that was actually kind of interesting to me and one that actually had teams with two winning records going against each other. So, yeah. week eight, we're going to go with the Carolina Panthers. Four and two, they are second in the NFC South at San Francisco. So they're taking on the 49ers. Niners, of course, undefeated first place in the NFC West. Mm-hmm. They're the only undefeated team other than New England. This could be fun. I want to see how that 49ers defense can stop Christian McCaffrey because McCaffrey has, is also having an MVP caliber season. It's going to be difficult, honestly, because think about it. If you're going to have like a guy like Sherman and um, that's going to be like covering the corner game, basically, trying to get any receiver that's going to try to be wide open since, you know, he's the former Legion of Boom, best corner in the league. And if that's going to happen, they're going to hand it off to McCaffrey. But if they do, they might get um, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa's little brother, and he might just freaking destroy him. Mm-hmm. But we'll just have to see what McCaffrey does because – he has done phenomenal this season. McCaffrey has basically been carrying that football team so Since far. Since Cam went down, he's been carrying that team. Brandon, your thoughts? Yeah, I think Christian McCaffrey, I think he's going to have a big game this weekend because I think the pass rushers for the defense on 49ers, I think they're going to get to Kyle Allen, especially Nick Bosa. I think they're going to put pressure on him all game long. So I feel like they're going to have to rely on Christian McCaffrey to carry that load down the field. It's going to be a very interesting matchup because, like you said, Christian McCaffrey, an MVP candidate. So I'm excited to see what you know, what he, how he performs in this game. Also, going to be a little bit of an interesting matchup we have going on here. It's going to be Kyle Allen, who is the quarterback currently for the Carolina Panthers, took over for Cam Newton versus Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo having a great season for himself, but Allen not doing so bad. Well, Both and those guys learned. Bill Belichick at one point was ready to move on from Tom Brady and just roll with Jimmy Jimmy G. Yeah, but then they was, traded him. Yeah, that, that caused kind of like a civil war between the Patriots. I remember that. That was insane. At one point, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's always fun seeing the Patriots fight with each other because I don't think anybody outside of Boston actually likes the Patriots. Well, freaking <laughs> pretty much Belichick, like, plays both sides of the ball. Yeah, that's ba- he. it's his show right there. So Kyle Allen versus Jimmy Garoppolo. It's going to be a fun match. I mean, no one really expected Kyle Allen to perform as well as he's done so far this season looking at his numbers. Quarterback rating of 53.3. It's okay. Could be better, but it's not terrible. He's completed 65% of his passes. Got seven touchdowns, so, I mean, you can't complain. Doesn't He hasn't thrown an interception yet, and he's averaging seven yards a pass. So, so far, it's pretty good. So, do you guys think that as long as if Cam Newton continues to stay unhealthy, if, if, if Cam Newton eventually comes back, would they stick with Allen, or are they going to go right back to Cam Newton? I think they're going to stick with Allen. I think it's... It's time for them to consider trading him. Consider trading Cam Newton. You think um, you think it's time for a Newton trade? Yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. That's a big call. Because here's the thing. I think they're going to hold off a week for Cam. They're not going to put him in against the Niners. They'll probably put him in after. Well, Cam's and, still hurt. That's yeah. the thing. He's still hurt. He's still recovering. Well, I don't know when he's coming back. So, But I'm just saying, like, if he does come back soon, I'd rather have him not play against like an undefeated team than play a team that hasn't won. Yeah, you, you know? want you want to kind of ease him into that role right now. And because... and if he was still healthy, I could totally see him just like moving around the pocket and like avoiding tackles and sacks. Yeah, because so far he's four and zero. Allen's four and zero since Newton was shut down. What has been described as the mid 
left Lisfranc sprain. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where the Lisfranc is, so that's medical. I mean, let's be frank. We all don't know where that's at. <laughs> all right, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. That was good. That I'll was be good. here all day. I'll give you that one. That was actually pretty decent. Yeah, right. but like you said, Kyle Allen's 4-0 now as a Carolina Panthers you know, quarterback. I mean, their offense is in rhythm right now. They have, they've established the right system for them to win games. And throwing, you know, Cam Newton back, you know, that could mess up that rhythm just like, you know, I don't want to bring up your team, but Chargers and Melvin Gordon, you know, the offense is really messed up right now. But, you know, so it could happen where they like start trading Cam Newton. On a thread right now with that team. Uh, <laughs> on a thin hold thread. Hold on. Hold, your, hold the bullets. You're all, we're almost there, JC. I'm about to become the Alex Jones of We're almost there. Work. Don't worry. We're almost there. One last question about the Niners I want to ask. Can they keep up this winning streak? Can they stay undefeated? Yes, until they play the Patriots. Until they play the Patriots. You think until. the Patriots are going to take them down? I feel like they did, dude. Think about it. That defense, even though, you know, let's just say they're playing against pretty bad teams, but I'm telling you, if they could put that pressure on the offensive line, and if the offensive line can't hold up to it, have a few guys trying to get through, you're going to get a repeat of last, uh, yeah, last night. All right, well, here's what we got so far, because so far they haven't, it's kind of like the Patriots where they haven't really played a lot of strong teams. I mean, they mm-hmm. played Tampa Bay. It's the Buccaneers. They're not really that great. They're facing Cincinnati. Also not really great. Pittsburgh, I think that's when – I think Big Ben was already hurt by yeah, that point. Yeah, but you got to think, though, Tampa Bay beat the Rams. And the Rams are a really good team. That was the one team that the 49ers, you know, that was actually a big game when they beat the Rams. But like you said, they haven't really played the big teams yet. And I say that – I think they're about to hit, like, the you know – the hard part of the schedule. They got the Seahawks, Ravens, Packers, Saints, Patriots. You know, they're they're about to hit some yeah, really like tough like teams right now. Or yeah, because like that. here's the thing: they still have, they have to face Arizona twice, and Arizona is not doing so hot. Is not doing so hot, but they still have Kyler Murray. You can't really. Oh yeah, count the shortest QB. Point. Yeah, but he he's mobile. He's mobile. That's the thing. He can run around like a he can. Well, run he's around. no Lamar Jackson, but something. He has to, he has to develop. As long as if Arizona gets an actual offensive line in front of him, like if mm-hmm. they don't like keep throwing him to the wolves, he's got an game, arm too. He, he has a good arm. Can really mm-hmm. launch that ball. And also, so you have Arizona twice. You have Seattle twice, and the Seahawks are always a hard draw because yeah. it's Russell Wilson. And, and then Chris you got to look at Sunday. Yeah, and then Sunday you have Carolina. You have Green Bay. You still have New Orleans with Drew Brees back. By the way, Drew Brees will be back by in t- oh, by time. Oh, dude, back. he is going off on full cylinders, baby. Oh yeah, and you got Baltimore. So. Really, the only other game these guys have for the 49ers that would be kind of a cakewalk for them would be Atlanta, and that's week 15. Yeah, I say they finish up with four losses this year. Yeah, I don't think the streak's going to be lasting very much longer, in my opinion. I'll be surprised if it does. I'm not going to lie. So that is our game of the week of week eight, so that's a pretty good choice right there. I like it. What do you boys think? That's going to be a really interesting game. And I maybe, mean, this is the best matchup of the week since considering these are both, you know, uh, teams above 500, so this has to be. Yeah. Right. And, I, and I'm going to say it for you guys that have McCaffrey. Since he's doing so great, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't do good. Just saying. I know, man. 49ers have a very good defense. I want, I want to see if the 49ers can actually stop McCaffrey. If they can stop McCaffrey, that would be... Oh, Barry. yeah, dude. McCaffrey's going to break his back by carrying that team. Yeah. But you didn't hear it from me. All right, so now we're going to go on to our next topic. What the heck happened in Week 7? Oh, my God. Don't get me started, <clears throat> bro. All right, so hold on. JC, before we start, I know we have the Chargers second on here, but I want to slot them in last. 
So Please. we're gonna skip over them and Please. put them in last because I want to get I want to milk every ounce of hate out of you. That oh I can yeah, right now. for sure. Dude. And also, be like Bill O'Reilly, dude. We're doing it live. In about seven minutes, we're gonna be having an ad reader right now. So I want to try and buy some time so we can actually get that full uninterrupted half hour anger out oh, of you. Oh, one hundred percent. This is gonna be a fun segment coming up in a few minutes. But first, what happened to the Niners? Niners going up against the Redskins. Nine to, only nine points for the Redskins. Dude. Or for the 49ers to get that win against dude, the Redskins. It's the Redskins. The Redskins. <laughs> did you not see how they perform against the Giants? And did you not see how the Giants freaking been performing after that game? Well, they're they're one and six. The Redskins are not I do not think the Redskins are a very good team. Right they're now. not, dude. Oh my god. That's like that's like somebody trying to hype up the Browns. They're not that of a good team. <laughs> They do have some, like, big threats, but, like, the stat says it. Yeah, right. right now the offense struggled in that game. Obviously, probably the weather has something to do with it, but like you said, it is the Redskins. They are 1-6, so that is pretty concerning. But they do have the offensive weapons. Coleman, he's starting to get back into the swing of things. And then Jimmy G, he has not actually had that great of a year that, you know, this year so far, but I think he'll figure it out. But this is pretty concerning that it only put up nine points against the Redskins. Yeah, and plus, I, I will take this into regard that, yeah, you are getting that slip and slide effect mm-hmm. in Washington because there was a lot of rain coming down. But still, you cannot have performance like that against teams like that. I mean, sure, everyone has an off week, but that's just very concerning if I'm a 49ers fan. Only getting nine points against that team, that is very, very concerning if I'm going into that. Dude, I don't even think Jimmy G was even like 100%. He probably like thought like I'm not gonna do that much. I got bigger threats coming up. Yeah, and I, literally it's all on the defense. Yeah, that I slip do. and slide was nothing but Niners. Mm-hmm. I do think that they were kind of overlooking the Redskins at that point. And when you overlook a team, that happens a lot. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. It's happened a lot. I remember the Chargers got overlooked at one point by I believe it was the Broncos when Peyton Manning was still there, because I think they were overlooking them for the Colts. Because I think the Broncos are gonna be facing the Colts after the Chargers in one well, year. Well, yeah, because the Colts kind of had like. That's when a they pretty, had Andrew Luck. A pretty good dual threat on offense versus well, like. That's when like Andrew Luck was because first that was in the before uh, Welker was on that team for the Broncos, I think. Mm-hmm. So before they added Welker, then you got a threat right there. Well, yeah, but we can reminisce about San Diego, about 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 the good Chargers later. The good old days. The good old days later. Look at us sound like a bunch of old boomers. I am. We're not boomers. We are not boomers. <laughs> All right, Baltimore's ba- Baltimore taking this win. That was. I thought this was going to be a lot closer. Dude, I was like, yo, who swapped jerseys? Yeah, Baltimore 30, Seahawks 16. Honestly, Baltimore's a legit team, though. Yeah, they are. Because, like, Lamar Jackson, not only he's their best running back on the team, he's also a good quarterback. He is a good quarterback. What a surprise. Brandon. Yeah, and then, you know, like you said, Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has more rushing yards than eight NFL teams this year yeah. by himself. I Lamar do. Jackson, a quarterback, has more rushing yards than eight NFL teams. I mean, you don't <laughs> see that out of a quarterback. Yeah. Don't forget the pick six from the defense, too. Mm-hmm. That screen pass, Wilson threw, and the corner that freaking got it. Marcus I give him Peters. Props. <laughs> I give him props. That was Marcus Peters. Who made yeah, that. I know. That's your boy. That's right a good corner read. Mm-hmm. I was upset they let him go, but at least they got, you know, a top cornerback in yeah, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, so. But I wouldn't be surprised that defense scoring a lot of points for fantasy. Mm-hmm. But – I really thought the Seahawks were going to be pushing a little closer in that game, but look, they're still five and two. They still got, ooh, excuse me. They still have a lot of time left, so 
They're, I'm not worried about the Seahawks right now. They're, I think they just overhyped themselves. Maybe, maybe they overhyped because themselves. Because look, look at the week before. Wilson's like, oh, my helmet was all messed up. I couldn't hear the plays, but I was like, let's do it anyway. I mean, it's Russell Wilson. He's always got that magic, but I think the magic just kind of ran out for him, unfortunately. Well, it's in not that game. Fitz magic, thank God. Yeah, so, oh, let's not talk about Fitzpatrick. <laughs> That's in the Dolphins there. It's a train wreck. Just yep. waiting to be yelled about. Sunday! So, we're going to talk about our... We're actually not going to talk about anything right now. We're going to have the ad reader right now. Yeah, do that. All right, so we're going to have our quick ad reader right now, so... I know we have to do this. This is for our sponsors and for everyone who's helping out KCR. Just stay alive right now. Woohoo! Woo! Exactly. Let's do this. All right. So, fan of podcasts, make sure to tune into KCR On Demand, the newest platform of entertainment from your radio hosts here at SDSU. Find us on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud at KCR College Radio. KCR is all capitalized right now. But if you want to watch Picked Off, and you can watch on Spotify without the cool kids, because Spotify's where it's at. Also, no plans this weekend? Check out the House of Blues in downtown San Diego for some amazing concerts in one beautiful venue. Make sure to check out our giveaways on kcrlive.com for a chance to win tickets to concerts throughout the semester. And stop by the Music at the Mesa from 12 to 1 on Thursdays for more giveaway opportunities. You know, actually, off topic here, it's not about sports, but one of my favorite artists was in town on my birthday at the House of Blues. Oh, who I was it? It was Barnes Courtney. Oh, really? Barnes Courtney, yes. He's, uh, wow. he's, he's, he's like a... And you didn't go. I didn't know he was in town. I didn't know he was in town because he's also one of my, like, he's, he's kind of, he's getting some more rep- recognition now, thankfully, because he's been, uh, I, he has very good music. He's kind of like a, he's, he's like an alternate rock guy, but he's got some elements of folk and blues in him. Yeah. So he's a very good artist. I didn't get well, to see him. Well, since you don't know his maybe next time, you know, a year from now on your birthday, you might know. Yeah, hey, uh, Barnes Courtney, I'm hyping you up right here now on uh, Picked Off on KCR College oh, Radio. Oh, be cool if he was on the show. You should, uh, you should uh, hook me up with some nice tickets over there if you ever got the opportunity. Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs> All right, next topic right now. All right, so. We got to talk about the Patriots first, though. We have to talk about the Patriots first. And Patriots 33, Jets 0. Who was the genius who decided, you know what game would be great to put on Monday Night Football? <laughs> a Patriots team. Let's throw the New York Jets into the fire. Throw them to the dogs of the Patriots. Who thought this was a good choice for Monday Night Football? This was a. This was not a football game, gentlemen. This was a slaughter. Yeah, I... it was Disney for the Star Wars That's... trailer. <laughs> Woo! Brandon. What do you got for me? Yeah, the the Jets team, I mean, they really struggled this game. You know, after the post-game comments, Le'Veon Bell said that Sam Darnold said that he was seeing ghosts out there. Actually, Sam Darnold Sam said, Darnold said that. And then Sam Darnold also said that this was the worst game he's ever played in his life. Yep. And then Le'Veon Bell was like, yeah, I've had some of those games, but you got to take these games as learning experience. So I thought that that was pretty good leadership by Le'Veon Bell. But he's seeing ghosts out there he had five turnovers throughout the game you know like three interceptions and two fumbles something like that bro i was like and then what a safety is this? i mean seriously why who this did, did you know what they call those when he threw those ints what yolo throw <laughs> you only live once only live once i mean they ate them alive this is why the patriots are undefeated not because they're Dude, talented their freaking defense were running backs yeah they put their how team- is that a thing. They put their linebackers in as at fullback. I could see that in high school or college, but the NFL? No what banging, is, JC. What is life, bro? No banging the tables, JC. Housekeeping rules. All right. They, they, we have cameras here that are watching you. Darn it. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, even Bill Belichick himself, Mr. Stoic Grinch, 
He was laughing at the Jets. Oh my god! He got Bill Belichick. Started when he did like the offsides. He's like he just like laughs like man these guys suck. Because like what it was a false start, and then it was offsides. I mean it's just who. I mean, I think the only reason that game was hyped up so much was because everyone believed that the Star... Everyone knew the Star Wars trailer was coming in. It was epic! We'll talk about Star... This isn't a Star Wars show, but I have many opinions <laughs> on Star Wars. Not a lot of them are positive, but... The Force is strong. The Force is strong with this show. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But... Ah, uh, the Jets... Uh, thank you, thank you, New York Jets, for your sacrifice in bringing us this trailer... But other than that, nice, you guys Luton. are screwed. I mean, the only reason the Patriots are undefeated is because they've been beating up on teams like this. Look at their division. They've been facing the Bills, the Jets, the Dolphins. They face the Dolphins. I mean, these are not real football teams for New England. And if you think about it, if Sam Darnold did not get mono, I think he would have done better to last night than how we performed. Yeah. I honestly think he would. What do you think about this? Uh, I don't know about that one, but Sam Darnold, he had a good performance his first game back when they beat the Cowboys. I thought that was a, yeah, I thought that was a pretty big win for him, but going against this Patriots defense, like you guys have mentioned, the Patriots defense is the reason why they've been winning games. It has not been the offense so far. I mean, they put up 33 points this game. Sonny Michel had his breakout game with two touchdowns himself, but, you know, this... The defense has really stepped up this year, and they got one of the best corners in the game, Stephon Gilmore, leading the way for them. So this has been a big, you know, turnaround for the Patriots, but they got the heart of the schedule coming up, so we'll see how good they do against the good teams, not against the weak teams, like yeah. you said. Let's finally get some real teams facing New yeah. England. I'm sick of all these all these basically bye weeks for these guys. I mean it's been it's basically wins are being handed to these guys on a silver platter, but It's been like that for twenty years. Exactly. It's it's the Patriots. I'm sick and tired of the Patriots. Everyone's sick and tired of the Patriots outside of Boston. But, look, New York, you guys beat the Cowboys. Everyone thought you were legit for one week, and then you go throw a stinker like this. Get out of my sight. Get back <laughs> in the basement where you belong. No one I, likes you. I also thought what was interesting was that Bill Belichick was still coaching his defense when they were up 24 nothing oh against God, the Jets. Oh, my God, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> I that was, was like, hilarious. I thought that was, yeah, I, th- I thought that was hilarious, but I was like, why? Like, you guys are up 24 nothing, but obviously you still, you know, keep pushing. I mean, Bill Belichick's the kind of guy who... He owns that team. Yeah, that his, that's his team. And he will continue to run you into the mm-hmm. ground. Even he'll throw, he'll keep throwing deep passes in like the fourth quarter and drop Dude, like five touchdowns. I guarantee you, if he was with Miami, like somehow they got rid of him and put him in Miami, they will be Super Bowl contenders regardless of their record. It's, it's amazing what good coaching can do. It's amazing what good coaching can do. Week 7 has been nothing but wackiness and wildness. And now, finally... Well, we get I want to get into the other ones because I might go on this for a while. So this is the, that, let, let's just let's just get to uh, Mahomes. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! We're going. We're talking about this right now. We're, we're talking about this. We're doing this right now. Even though we might skip the other ones. I don't care. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's I do am it. So upset right now. <laughs> All right, you're gonna get a kick out of this, Mr. Rams fan. You're gonna love this. <laughs> Titans twenty three, Chargers twenty. Oh my goodness, what a horrible display in the fourth quarter from the Chargers. It just proves to show you that you can take the team out of San Diego, but you can never take the San Diego out of the team. Let's, JC, let's go over what happened in this game, shall we? The Titans have the ball on fourth and one. They try and go the QB sneak with Ryan Tannehill. That doesn't work. They lose yardage somehow. So, congratulations. You got the ball back and you got time. You have no timeouts, unfortunately. But Phil Rivers but knows how to give, do this. But give him, give him a freaking few points, though, because 
they did start out from the 50 all the way to the 1. That, so that that's pretty good right there. But besides that, what was that game? I mean, oh, my God. Look at this. You get... You I have, thought I was having a heart attack, man. You're right there. You get you get a, a touchdown reversed, and then you get a second chance when Stephon Gilmore gives basically gives you a defensive pass interference, which was a good call by the referees. That was a good call by the referees. To yeah, because we were like pass. back on what the seven or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and then you get another call that goes against you. So now, so now you're getting backed up, and you're at the one yard line. So you ha- here's your options. You have option A, throw to Hunter Henry, who's been basically unstoppable since coming back from the from his injury. Yes. Option B, you can go with Austin Eckler, who has yes. also been doing great. Option C, kick a field goal, regroup, and just go overtime. into overtime. Yes. And re-strategize, get some water in your guys. Hopefully, you can stop the Texans or stop the Titans because the defense has not been doing that bad so far in the game. Or yeah. the defense pulled up in like the second half, late in the second half. Or you go for the mystery box. Option D, go with Melvin Gordon, who has not been the same since his holdouts. And pray to God that he can get over the end. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not forget about the actual option D where they could have hit up either Mike Williams or Keenan Allen. But they somehow scribble over uh, Melvin Gordon on that. So. Or also, just send Rivers up. Rivers QB sneak. The man's 6'4". I, I, don't, I don't know about Rivers doing a QB sneak, honestly. He's a big enough guy to do it. He's a big, strong dude. He would have to have like a little bit of a gap to do that. Mm-hmm, but... <sighs> that was a full-on blitz right there. Yeah, and then what happens? He fumbled it. You like, fumble on the one yard line. Bro. <laughs> you fumbled. How did you fumble on the one? Literally, yard? I have a bad time playing like freaking Madden because I'm not the best Madden player. But my like, this is literally far beyond. <laughs> I don't know how you can screw that up. Uh, you, we saw this in Detroit, bro. Yeah, the, uh, look at how bad the Chargers have been doing. Brandon, I'm sorry you haven't been able to get much input No, you're fine. This. I'm just laughing. <laughs> He's enjoying himself. He's having a great time because look at all the things the Chargers have done. Week two, or the week against Detroit. You Oh, your kicker's hurt? Well, let's not replace him. Throw the punter in there. He'll be fine. Oh, wait. Field goals are hard. We can't make field goals. Also, Detroit's well, desperately trying to handle it. I mean, pi- we've done that before. We put the punter in for the field goal. I mean, yeah, but that was when we had Mike Cyphers. Yeah, but he missed the freaking net. When we're playing against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you got to give them props for at least putting in the punter instead of the QB. I mean, that, I mean, you blow that game against Detroit. Terrible loss there. You have a 10-point lead against Tech and the Texans the next week. What do you do there? You blow that one. Yeah. That was, a, that Miami, was an embarrassing loss. Miami was a good game. Well, yeah, my, anyone could win against Miami. Santana's football team could probably handle themselves oh, against yeah, Miami. For sure. For sure, 100%. <laughs> Shout out to those guys that are 8-1 and one right now. That's our alma mater right there, Santana football. Thank you very much for doing so great right now. And then what's next? After your, after what's basically could be considered a bye week, you're going against, oh, who's this, the Broncos? Oh, that should be easy. Dude, I was like, what is this? <laughs> I, I was working on that day, so I barely saw the game. But, like, oh, my God. God, you go, you, you're going up against the Broncos at home, and what happens? King checked down himself, Joe Flacco, Sir Lindsay, and their legion of Broncos. Non-elite Joe Flacco. They send balls you, out for some. They reason. send you to the against game. that team, <laughs> and I'm like, what is life? <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing. It, it it amazed me. And then Pittsburgh was an interesting game. I can give you that. I can give them that. Pittsburgh was an interesting game. It's like Hunter Henry came out of left field, dude, scoring touchdowns. They're like, that was a touchdown in the further review. Well, that was a touchdown. Well, it's James Conner. James Conner had a great had a great time. I mean, 
That, I mean, I'm literally going to have a hard sex soon. The Chargers always find new and interesting ways to lose football games. Honestly, Even bro, when they're with San Diego. Honestly, I mean, with San Diego, that was my team. I was like, you know what? I'll take this loss. But this is the Los Angeles Chargers. And now we get to laugh at them. I get to cry, but... You get to cry. I mean... How do you lose the Titans, their mediocrity incarnate? Ryan, we had Ryan Tannehill, bro. Ryan Tannehill, of all guys, carved that defense up like a Halloween pumpkin. He was more accurate than Mariota. If you would have put Mariota in against that team, I guarantee you we would have won by a touchdown <laughs> or a field goal. I guarantee you. Oh, my gosh. I mean, how... That is a loss in the most heartbreaking of ways. And now Phillip Rivers might have to take the sword for this one and go get cut. Honestly, this. dude, no, not get cut. He wants to leave. There's rumors of him saying he wants to leave. I don't does. blame the guy. He's been in that team for, like, what, 14, 15 years since we grew up? I, I freaking saw him bringing that team to 14-2 and two with a torn ACL. Yeah, this man. And, and for him not to have an offensive line or a running back, or maybe I, eh, the receivers were pretty good, but not the best. I mean, Keenan Allen was double coverage, and Mike Williams did uh, miss a few deep passes. But, like, literally, if you can't give a man a break, then either, A, he's going to quit. I wouldn't blame him. He's, like, the sixth best passing QB in the league right now. He's just behind Dan Marino and Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, like, he could ret he's Hall of Fame eligible right there. Or B, he can go to a different team. And there's two teams in mind. Either Denver, which I'm pretty sure he wouldn't. Or the Jets. And Sam Darnold keeps messing up. I honestly think the Titans would be a good option for him. What do you think? What, do you, what would be a good option for Phillip Rivers? For Brandon? Phillip Rivers, I say he tries to request a trade. Because I think if he stays with the Chargers, he'll never have that chance to attend a Super Bowl. I mean, after everything he's been through, he deserves it. He deserves a chance to be there. But if he sticks with the Chargers, I don't think it'll happen. And then as far as teams goes where he could go to, I mean, like you said, the Jets. I don't know if that would happen because they got Sam Darnold there. But Yeah, but that's if Sam Darnold keeps playing oh, okay. like he is. Yeah, but if he goes to the Jets, I don't think he'll ever get to the Super Bowl still. But He's going to have some receivers at I, least. I have an, Look at Demaryius Thomas, dude. I have an interesting topic. I have a, I have a decent idea. It might sound crazy. I know. But hear me out on this. You say the Patriots. I'm going to jump over that no. desk and strangle you. Never. <laughs> I've never said the Patriots. How about the Cleveland Browns? No. They have too much faith in Baker Mayfield. Well, they can sit Baker, have Phillip Rivers mentor. And Phillip Rivers is kind of – I think Phillip Rivers would be one of the a really good mentor for Baker Mayfield. They kind of have the same yeah. personalities. Those are the kind of the same personalities or, going on. Or right just there. out of left field, like you said, Chicago. <laughs> think about it. Trubisky is not the best QB, and they're to keep having him as a starter. I think you might that's have a, a might have a vet go in as a starter than that's a dude that's been in the league for like what two, idea. three seasons already. Or Brandon. a different option could be the Carolina Panthers. You know, trade Cam Newton, get that veteran presence, Philip Rivers at Carolina. Or at least put Cam in secondary. You think Cam could be in the secondary? Just because Philip can't run, but Cam can. The only time Phillip's got the most yards, I think, was against Pittsburgh, where he got those 15 uh, yards on the run maybe. for the first down. So you're saying maybe like a wildcat kind of thing going yeah, on. Yeah, basically. All right. 
We're going to move on from the Chargers. That's that enough talking. That's enough rambling about the Chargers. And I want to get Brandon involved in this show, actually. No, you're fine. I literally had to take off my hat. All right. <laughs> that's how upset I am. We're going to skip over a couple things that I had planned because I want to talk about the trades right now that have been going down. There have been... Today. There have been... There's actually a third that went down. Just right now, or... Yeah. A third went down that we I wasn't able to get in the script, but we'll talk about it as well. So well, first... Dude, say it. Spill it out. <clears throat> All right. Let's go with that one first. All right. So it is... It's kind of a, a little minor, more minor, but it's the it's between the Lions and the Seahawks. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Who the who's the, the Lionbacks? The Lionbacks. What am I talking about? <laughs> the Lions will be shipping defensive back Quandre Diggs and a 2021 seventh round pick to the Seahawks for a 2020 fifth round pick. Starting safety, not bad. I mean, the Seahawks could use some more depth there. I mean, it's not. Terrible. I think the Lions are doing that just to get a receiving team. Yeah, and plus the Seahawks. Or a running back. Yeah, and he has had some injury issues, but it's not bad. I mean, I could see him sliding into that starting role there in Seattle and giving them some a little bit of options right there. Brandon, what's your opinion? Yeah, this is a decent move by the Seahawks, but like you said, he's not great, not bad. He's a, he's a mediocre guy. I think he'll be, you know, a solid pick, solid pickup for the Seahawks, but... You know, like, I think, like what you said, the Lions, they might be trying to get a receiver yeah. for that team. But, you know, so this could be a good move for both teams. I think they're just trying to go for, like, a young group. Because, like, if you get a young group, they're less likely to get injured. Yeah, sorry about that. I, I just spilled water all over myself, so. <laughs> Crying over spilled water, huh? Yeah, I was just I was trying to, like, drink my drink out of my Hydro Flask. Compared and then... to my Zero Super Bowl. Uh, well, all right. That was it. that was an interesting topic. I mean, nothing got wet, thankfully, so I'm not going to be getting sued for any money. I'm not going to be paying for any of this equipment, thank God. So we're going to go on to our actually more major trades here, ones that actually people actually care about here. <laughs> first off, I mean that was pretty important. All right, too. What do I got right here? All right, first we're going to have Broncos. Broncos trading Emmanuel Sanders, longtime Bronco, getting traded now. He's going to go to the 49ers. Him and a fifth round pick are going to get shipped off to the 49ers. For a third round pick and a fourth round pick in the next year's draft, and he has been with the team for this. This will be his sixth season with Denver. Denver gets a couple, couple late mid round picks. Not bad for Denver. I mean, it's a, it's a decent give. And yeah, they're losing a fifth round pick, but he still gets some extra ones. JC looks like he has something to say. Well, that's I'm thinking maybe they're trying to get a young QB. Think about it, Flacco. Okay, he did some. He did pretty good for those few games. But think about it: if he does bad now, let's just say now, and then the next season, or the season after that, or just after the season, let's just say that, then I can see them trying to go for a young, develop, more mobile QB. Yeah, that could happen. I mean, I like the I like this from the 49ers' perspective. Though, mm-hmm. That's the thing because they're getting finally getting that good established veteran receiver that Jimmy Garoppolo can throw to. Someone he can actually, someone that's good for him. I mean, all he's got really is George Kittle right now and a few other no-name receivers. Yeah, I think this is a big-time move for the 49ers. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders was the last good veteran trade block wide receiver you could get out there. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders, he's 32 years old now. He's had a great performance as a Bronco. I mean, he's battled injuries over the years, but now he's fully healthy. And I think he's going to be a big weapon for the 49ers offensive game to go along with George Kittle, like you said. But Sanders has had a big year so far, and I think he'll continue even better now as a 49er. And now here's another one that's interesting that I thought was really kind of out of left field. But, and again... I know, because it surprised me when I told you this. 
Yep, and here's... I hate to say it, but here we go. Falcons trading Mohamed Sanu. I did not think they were going to be trading Mohamed Sanu, of all players, but they're trading Mohamed Sanu to the Patriots. Second-round pick. Patriots sending off their second-round pick. I'm going. thinking they did that because um their other receivers are producing more, and he's not. Sanu, well, here's here's the skinny on Sanu. He's got 33 catches, 313 yards, one touchdown of the year. It's pretty good numbers. Yeah, but how long has he been in the league for? Uh, it's actually a really good question, actually. How long has Mohamed Sanu been in the league? Because if you think for? about it, if he's like, you know, let's just say 10 years within the uh, league, okay. then they might just say, hey, we're just going to need a young receiving team. He is 30 years old, and he was drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals in the third round out of the 2012 NFL draft. So, so yeah, that's perfect sense that I have a young receiving team. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not young. He's 30, so that's not... Dude, that's super old in the NFL. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Well, it's not super, super old. I mean, it's getting up there. Dude, for it's the NFL. the NFL. Yeah, it's the NFL. So. The the most that players could at least play is at least fifteen seasons, <clears throat> and they can't even make it to twelve sometimes. But here's the thing, the Patriots just got stronger now with this. Mm-hmm. The Patriots got very strong this. Oh God, they, dude, they're such a lethal weapon right now. Because they got Julian Julian Edelman, they got Josh Gordon. Who I don't care what team he's on, I'm still happy that Josh Gordon's doing good. He's mm-hmm. performing. I am. I will always root for Josh Gordon because that guy's got a lot of demons up in his head right now. And the fact that he's he's been performing with the Patriots makes me very happy to see mm-hmm. him go through that because he had a lot of struggles. And that's a very talented receiver right there. Mm-hmm. That's always a big plus seeing guys like him succeed. So thank thank you Josh Gordon and thank you Bill Belichick for putting this man on the on the right path to success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cheater Bill. But like yeah. you said, they got Edelman, Gordon, and they got Philip Dorsett, and now they have Sanu. Dude, speaking of Dorsett, he did really good last night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm picking a... him up in fantasy too because they're playing against Cleveland. Mm, good, cho- good, good choice right there. Yeah, nice so choice. it's interesting how they're going to implement Sanu into their system. Mm-hmm. But you know, this is a bonus because some of those guys they have right now, they're always they always get banged up. Someone that wide receiving core is always banged up. So now you got a guy like Sanu. I can step up for that offense, and you, you can implement them into your system whenever you need them to. Well, if you think about it, they might do more of a spread offense now since they're picking yeah, them up. It could be, but, I mean, it's going to be – this Patriots team just got a lot stronger. Dude, because it's Tom Brady. Whatever play goes, he's just going to ride that all the way to the bank. Mm-hmm. And also, for the Falcon, from the Falcons' perspective, this you could do a lot worse than the second-round pick. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a late-round pick. You might, I mean, it might be in like the very it's late. It's not going to be worse than that twenty-eight to three lead. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> ah, we'll always always bring out the twenty-eight to three joke, and it will always be funny. But still, a second, an extra second-round pick. That's not bad, especially for a team that's about to begin a fire sale. Yeah. Because right now in that Atlanta team, there's a big for sale sign. Everything has must go. They're getting rid of everyone. I think the only person they want to keep, for some reason, is Austin Hooper. Who? Their tight end. Oh. I was like, what? I mean, you brought this up a couple weeks ago, a potential trade of Julio Jones. I could see this Mm -hmm. going down right now. Yeah, Julio Jones. I mean, he's never going to win as a Falcon. He's basically wasting his talent as a Falcon right now. I mean, you should consider trading him, considering how great of a career he's had and what he's going to continue to do. I mean, you just don't want to waste the talent like that. Honestly, I could see him on Arizona. Him and Larry Fitzgerald, a Ooh. dual threat. Ooh, that'd be fun. I mean, they got to get an offensive because line Because obviously first. if you say, like, oh, he could be in the Patriots, like, no, he'll get, like, less, like, play time. Yeah, but you got to get an offensive line for the Cardinals first. And plus, I think the Cardinals would better would be have a better use of their assets than, using, than trading well, for a Well, they can put him receiver. on defense, bro. He's the best defensive player, too. 
Yeah, but for now, for these next two years, I really don't think they'll consider trading him. I mean, they're pay they just signed a contract extension, three years, $66 million, which is one of the highest-paid wide-receiving contracts in history. Yeah, he's like basically the mascot mm -hmm. yeah. for that team. So I really don't see them trading him, but after those three years, they're out, maybe consider going to a different team, but we'll never know. All right, we're going to move on from those trades. I mean, obviously, those are very big implications on what's very going down. Very interesting big implications. Very interesting. And plus, we still have a little bit of time left in the uh, trade deadline and a little bit of time left in this show right now. Yeah. So right now, I want to move on to my favorite topic right now, the 2019 MLB World Series. Bro. First off, I want to say thank God the Yankees are out. That game freaking had me, like, on, like, the edge because I – mean, it was four to two, top of the ninth, and then next thing you know, two run home run comes in. They tie it off of Osuna too. That was yep. a huge hit by DJ LeMahieu. And then, bottom of the ninth inning, off of Chapman, Jose Altuve, who has been getting heckled all series long by mm -hmm. Yankees fans, call, constantly calling him short. You're not good. You're short. It's a two run bomb to walk off. Take that, Yankees fans. Mm -hmm. How about that? Yeah, this this is a big-time performance for Jose Altuve. Like you mentioned, you know, calling him midget or whatever, but this guy put up three home runs against you guys, so you guys have nothing to talk about to Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve, he deserves the MVP of this series. He played amazing throughout the whole series long. I mean, predicting coming to this series, I thought the Astros went in six, and they did, but I like the way Jose Altuve finished the series. Two-run two, two walk-off home run off of... Or all this Chapman, of all people. Yeah, did you see, did you see him smiling after yeah. that walk? He's like, yeah, he's like, he knew it. He messed well, up. Like, like, that oh. Houston team lost their minds, bro. <clears throat> They're crazy. I They're would, good. too. I mean, and then Chapman's like, man, this happened again. This is, this is, uh. Because this, this is their second recent going into the World Series. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they went to the World Series a couple years ago. And then, yeah, I think two seasons ago. Yes, it was two seasons ago because Boston went last year. Mm -hmm. And then it was Houston the year before that. So now Houston's back for the second time in three seasons. But the Nationals, on the other hand, this is the first time they've been in the World Series in their entire franchise history. Yeah, and that was after they moved from Montreal and became the Washington Nationals. Mm -hmm. That, I mean, I'm so proud of what the Nationals have done so far. I honestly thought, like, I'm not a Nationals fan or anything, but I would have thought they would have at least one or two World Series. And just to find out this is their first time going... Mm -hmm. I really surprises me. I mean, they've had so many chances at getting in the playoffs, but they've always just been getting knocked out, knocked out, boom, gone. gone Especially with gone. Bryce Harper. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Especially with Harper. And how ironic is it that with Harper gone, now the little the literal season after Harper leaves, yep, the Nationals in the World Series. Yep. Well, what does well, that tell you? I guess you got to turn the MLB the show cover nineteen <laughs> of Harper with the Phillies just to put the little Nationals hat on them. Brandon, what are you thinking? Yeah, Juan Soto. I mean, this was the, this is his time to shine now. I mean, he is the go-to outfielder now for that Nationals team. I mean, he's only 20 years old doing this, so this is pretty incredible that, the way he's been able to carry this team. But obviously, they got MVP candidate and Anthony Rendon. He's been their leader, their best player the whole year. But Juan Soto has been the best outfielder this year. So this team, this team's really well you know, really well-rounded as a team. Mm -hmm. They got good infielders. They got athletic outfielders. They got great pitching. That's probably the best thing that they have for this team. You got three aces on that team. So this Nationals team is really rolling right now, and this in this series is going to be pretty interesting. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if the Nationals just freaking wipe the floor against Houston and just, like, 
I mean, look at this. Undefeated. Look at this first three matchups we have going on. Game one, game two, and game three. Game one, Mad Max Scherzer versus Garrett Cole. That is an outstanding matchup right there. Game two, Justin Verlander versus Steven Strasburg, the former SDSU great, coming back <laughs> and taking on Justin Verlander. Oh, yeah. Game three, Patrick Corbin versus Zach Greinke, two former Arizona Diamondbacks squaring off against each other. Yeah, but we all know Greinke's not going to do that good. I mean, Greinke... Granted, former Dodgers, and I'm still going to hate him. I mean, granted, Greinke has been struggling a little bit so far in this postseason. I mean, it's kind of... it's. I mean, very I, I, I mean, I still got that PTSD when he, you know, he hit the what's-his-name on the Padres and he had that fight, and I was like, well. Um, what are you talking about? That was fun. I know that was it fun, goes, though, but, like, fun. but like that hit, though, I was like, Oof. Quinton broke his collarbone. I know. That was, that was insane. But this matchup here in the World Series, thank you to New York Yankees for losing, because if not, we would not have been given these amazing pitching duels. Mm-hmm. And think about it. If you think back to the World Series... It, not the World Series. If you think back to the wild card game when Washington faced Milwaukee and Ben Grisham made that error out in right field, we may not be talking about this. Milwaukee would have been a good one, too. Milwaukee would have been good to see, but, I mean, with Milwaukee, Ben Grisham was out there. You know why? Because Christian Yelich was hurt. Mm-hmm. If Christian Yelich was there, he would have made that play. Mm-hmm. So Washington may not have been there in the World Series, and we would have been still talking about the same old talking points about Washington cannot make a World Series. And now here they are. In the World Series now, thanks to the one ma- one mess up there by Ben Grisham, and then a complete slaughtering of the Dodgers, and then going into game into this ALCS. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, your team know what they did. They- yeah, that hurt my soul so much. I was very hurt. I did not expect that to happen. But like I said before, any team that could beat the Dodgers in the National League, it was the Nationals, and it did happen. So the curse was with me. Curse is with you, but... And then they sweep the Cardinals. Oh, my God. Cardinals have been a team that's always had this kind of just magic in the playoffs, and that was extinguished by this team. There's something going on with this Washington Nationals team right now, and I truly do believe they're going to overcome the odds and take that first World Series title. Yep. Wow. I really think it's going to happen. What do you got? Wait, you got Nationals too, JC? Yeah, in I got this Nationals. And how many games? What are you guys predicting? It's a, I'm going to say four zip. You're taking Four a sweep. Zip? You're yeah. calling a sweep. I'm wow. saying, dude, think, I'm, just think about it. JC, really good pitching team. I'll say it right now. If the national, I'm rooting for the Nationals. I want them to win. But if they sweep the Astros now, I will buy you lunch. Bet. 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 Wow. I will, I'll take that That's bet. That's an interesting take. That would be insane for them to sweep it. That would be crazy. I would love to see that happen, actually. But... I truly think Nationals are going to win this, but in seven games. But it's that, that's go to what game I'm saying. I'd be surprised if they do. Yeah. I got the Astros in five. That's yeah, they, what I'm taking. He's thinking the Astros in five, but... I can see it going to game seven. Like, just the just the dual threat pitching. I mean, yeah, but... It's right there. That's the thing, though. I'm so happy we're getting these pitching matchups. These are beautiful pitching matchups we have going on right now because these are some of the best pitchers in the prime of their careers right now. Justin Verlander resetting himself as a more finesse power pitcher and yeah that's two com- two different words but he somehow made it work yeah garrett cole pitching lights out could be a sot easily could win to cy young on a contract year and then zach greinke the master of deception doing great so far this and then you got max max scherzer steven strasburg Patrick Corbin, Anibal Sanchez, old man Anibal Sanchez reinvented himself and almost threw a no-hitter in game one 
of the National League Championship Series. We're running out of time here. We're almost out of time here on the show. But thank you very much to the baseball gods. We, all, we praise your name and thank you so much for offering us this amazing World Series. Mm-hmm. Thank you for not giving us Astros versus Dodgers too. Thank you for not giving us Yankees versus Nationals. Nobody wanted that one. Thank you for giving for giving us Houston and Washington in this in this World Series. In your name, Amen. Mm-hmm. You have been listening to Picked Off on KCR College Radio. I'm Jason Freund, joined by on the mics. By obviously JC Garcia, the biggest Charger fan, and Philip Rivers. If you're listening to this, I will play for free. Brandon. <laughs> Brandon Freed. That's Brandon Freed. Thank you very much for listening to KCR.